Well, hello and welcome to Catholic Pulse. Uh, my name is Robert Cahoon, and today we are interviewing John Roger, who is the founder of Catholic Street Evangelization. Uh, I met John several years ago doing pro-life work, and it's been a privilege to work with him on a number of projects. Today, we're going to be talking about evangelization, um, sharing our faith, and how we can take the Catholic faith to the public square, sharing our faith with others. It's, it's an exciting topic, and it's great to be on this new platform, Catholic Pulse, where we're going to be interviewing different Catholics from around the United Kingdom, sharing their story, hearing their tips, hearing their expertise, and hearing their interesting stories as well. And John's got plenty of interesting stories. Um, he's in his 70s, hundreds, hundreds of personal stories from his life. Uh, John, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you, Robert. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's great, a real privilege to be interviewing us on our first interview ever for Catholic Pulse. And um, exciting time, exciting time for the Catholic faith. And tell us, how, how did you become a Catholic in the first place? How long have you been a Catholic? And and how was that journey um, coming to be a Catholic? Yeah, it was um, <clears throat> a great challenge, actually, um, because I don't know if there's an inward hatred for Catholics, but <clears throat> having been one now, you do see that. A lot of people are very negative towards you, say you're a Catholic, uh, they get all sort of cringy. Um, basically, I always knew there was a God from a very early age. Didn't know quite who he was or how it all worked. Um, but about 1989-90, I had uh, an experience that I won't bore you because your own personal experience is experience. People might not believe it, but it was so real. I knew God was real. Um, and I knew he knew me. And I didn't rent running off to an Anglican church immediately because I thought, I say church, I knew. So I went around to see the, the vicar around there and said, look, you know, God's real. What do I do? You know? Um, I think he was in shock, if I'm honest. Um, he hadn't come across anyone like that. But anyway, I started going to the prayers and all that stuff, doing all the things I could do. But that didn't rest. And that journey went on for years and years. I went to different places. I went to Holy Trinity. I did all sorts of Methodist. I just went everywhere doing different churches. And I just couldn't get any rest. Um, but I was out, meanwhile, going out on the streets for the last like, sort of 20 odd years. We'd go to London three or four days a week, just taking the gospel. I had a, actually, I had a box once. I used to stand on a box and just preach, talk to people. Um, and then um, about, 90, about 2008, I moved. And I remember moving to this house. And I don't know how why, why the agent said this to me. But he, said, he said, I know you, you don't like Catholics. I forgot. I don't know how he even got that. I said, well, it's true, yeah. He said, well... There's quite a lot living next door to you, you know. I said, well, that's all right, you know, we'll get on. So I got in there and um, one day I was going out with my boards. I had all these boards about me, I believe in Jesus and all that. And this priest come out to me and he, he said, oh, he said, I'm your neighbour. I think Father Andrew Pinson. I said, oh, good to meet you. And he said, well, what are you doing? So I said, well, I'm just going out to Windsor to proclaim the gospel, see if I can get, you know, God who get some people saved. Wow, he said, that's amazing. I can't, he said, I wish us Catholics. Anyway, that was the beginning of like a, a relationship. And one of the things that shocked me, his absolute love for Christ, the absolute love. So I thought, I don't know, it shocked me because I just not seen, didn't realize that. 
And anyway, we we started talking. Now he's an intellectual, he's got degrees, he's he's a philosopher, he's done everything, he worked at CERN. This is a, an intellectual man. And, and I'm basing, I won't say I'm a fico, but I'm not an intellect. But we bonded. So I thought at first, well, this is good. Maybe this is my opportunity to get him delivered from his heresies. Maybe God's going to use me, you know, get him <laughs> out there. You know, all that popery and all that rubbish and get him into a proper faith like me. Um, yeah, I was wrong. Anyway, every time we kept me go for a run and we'd meet and there was this incredible excitement. You know, when you meet someone who's a kindred spirit, it was what he was. It was just, we talked about Thomas Aquinas. We talked about blessed John Henry. You know, we studied that, we looked and my wife Pam just loved him because his knowledge of history, uh, all the things I said, you know, Pope is all waste of time. Over, and it took a long time. And I mean, I'm going to tell you now, it took a long time. We met near enough every week. We go for coffees together. Never once, ever once, did he ever press me to talk about you become a Catholic. I, he introduced me to different, different people. I went and met um, the man from uh, America who does them talks, Steve Ray. I met him one, and that was the beginning of it. There was a conference in um, Westminster Cathedral uh, in their back, back hall. And he asked me, he said, John, would you like to come? This Steve Ray, he was a, a former, whatever he was, a Protestant or something, I don't know what he was. Anyway, he said he did a talk. So we got up to this big hall and it was packed. And when we went in, everyone was going, hello, Father Andrew, you got bowing to him. Everyone sort of knew him, you know? And he said, where do you want to sit? I said, well, can we sit at the back? Because I thought, well, at least I can escape then, you know, get out quick. And so he said, all right, then. So we sat at the back and then Steve Ray was right down the front. And he said, hey, you two, I've got to come down here and sit on the front. So now I'm sitting right at the front. And um, he'd done a really good talk. Um, it was a very, very good talk of his conversion. And how he's on this massive ship and they're all going to the celestial city. They got those confessionals and all that. And then everyone jumped off the, off the boat with all their little rowing boats and went on their different places. And that really hit me. I thought, that's where we are. Everyone's got their own little, we're all got our own church. We're all pastors. We're all leaders, you know. I thought, God, that really hit me. So what, what year did you become a Catholic? Which year was it? Oh, that was about uh, 2012, I think. 2012 and just give us a brief synopsis kind of of your you know of, of your life as well just sort of going back sort of you know 50 years really brief timeline oh well, no I mean yeah my, well it's that's a different one I mean at the moment I'm in the middle of writing trying to write a book about it um, my mother was Austrian um and come over here just before the war so she should have really gone back to Austria so I don't know how she did that. Uh, my dad was from Scotland. So my mother was baptised a Catholic, which I found out only recently. Never spoke about God. My dad was a Marxist, hated everyone, hated God. Um, so there's nothing there. Um, and it wasn't until I was about sort of 10 or 11 when I was a scout, which was the first time I'd ever escaped to the country. Because, you know, in Brixton, we got smog, never mm. no money. We was living like hand to mouth. And I went on this, uh, I ended up in Devon somewhere. And I remember waking up at three o'clock in the morning, not to do anything good. 
think I was going to try and nick a bit of tuck somewhere or something odd like that. And as I stepped outside this tent, I just saw the heavens. That's all I can say. I've never, ever seen it again like it. It was like the stars were hanging and the planet. It was just a complete revelation. And I just knew, I just knew then that God was so real. And I just wanted to know him more. And that, that was it. It didn't get me there, by the way, if I'm honest with you. It took a lot more time. But that was the beginning of that real awakening. Um, it'd be too long to talk about a story like that. You bet. <laughs> We got into church. Father Andrew's mum sponsored Pam and his dad sponsored me. And it was the best day of my life. Superb. So, so you became a Catholic then. And then how long did it take to start going back out? Because you're going out on the streets before, oh, no, as you're a Protestant. I so immediately out. Yeah, uh, straight away then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went and got some balls. I mean, it was, it was finding that there was one true faith. And of course, the more you study... I mean, unfortunately, what I noticed on street, people don't really read the Bible. I ate the Bible. I read it through and through. So I knew when I read it, it was true. Um, so I went out and um, we had a very non-confrontational approach. You know, we just go there. I know I, have the, I got a nice cross that was given to me by Father um, John Saywood from Oxford. Yeah. We use that. I've got some nice balls of Catholic truth. Can we help you? Can we pray for you? We don't confront people. We don't argue or debate. You know, if you think we're all heathens, we don't get involved. We just, we're there to give you something. We give free rosaries, prayers, cards, books. And that's what we do. And that's what we was doing right up until obviously this COVID, which has stopped us a bit more now. So that's why I'm thinking of other ways. And, and tell us about some of the most exciting street encounters that you've had, you know, um, sort of life transforming encounters, really, yeah. really powerful, memorable moments. Yeah, what happens, you think you're going out and you're doing things for God or you're going to help people. But actually what happens to you, and I, I wish I could get people to understand this, it works in you. It's the opposite. It actually, you almost disappear. You'll meet someone. And I met this one once and she was, um, I think, from some country in Morocco or something, and she had to go back to bury her mum. And she told me about, she went back and there wasn't enough food and how she, this soup she made fed everyone. I can't explain it. Or someone would take a rosary to someone and they survived. It's things like that. So many personal experiences of people telling you how they've had really great miracles in their lives, which is really encouraging. You know, so you think you're helping them, but they're telling you some amazing stories. And the people that have come up and talked to me, uh, you can only say they've been sent by God. They're just waiting or they're going through something. Um, there's one encounter. I, the first encounter I ever had on the streets was with a couple. It was the first time I ever went out. Um, that wasn't as a Catholic, fine enough. It was the first time I went out on the streets with Pam. And we met this couple and um, she said that she's got terminal cancer. And uh, anyway, when I was an evangelical, was, you know, we believe very quiet in your face, you know, you're going to be healed and all that. And I prayed for her. And uh, that was the very first time I actually encountered someone on the street. And months later, uh, my pastor at the church got a phone call um, and said, oh, there's a man with glasses and his wife. Can you tell him? He prayed for me and I haven't got cancer no more. Now, I know I didn't get a number, I didn't ring her, but that was the very first time I stepped out into the street. It was just so nice to hear that. 
And then I just, as a Catholic, I thought, well, how can you keep this faith to yourself? You, you know, let's get out there and, and it, share it. Exactly. And, you know, how pressing is it for Catholics to evangelise today? I mean, a lot of people just come to church and they think, you know, we just need to be there on Sunday and sit in the pews. But, you know, what, why do we need to share our faith, faith with others? And, you, you know, if you listen to the homily, any homily, all you keep saying is, you know, go into the marketplace, share your faith, show the love of God. I mean, we're being bombarded with his messages. It is everything about salvation. And I remember when I was going through this hard time now with all what's going on, and I think Father Andrew said to me once, he said, you know, what's the most important thing to you? Well, I don't know. Salvation. Your salvation. And that really hit me, you know. I want to make sure of my salvation. And I think reaching others is part of that. You want to get out. You've got this wonderful faith. Of course, the frustration is, you, you know, people don't really want it. And when it comes to, say, to church, it's like when we did the pro-life work. We spent ages going to different churches, Catholic church included. We failed to get any support. So, you know, we're killing 220,000 babies every year. Mm -hmm contraception, pornography. So, you know, the church is really, really quite sick, actually. Mm -hmm. So to encourage them to see the joy of shared faith is so, a challenge. So, you know, what tips have you got for those who want to share their faith as, as Catholics, who, who want to evangelise? You know, what help can you offer them and how can you be able to do that? Well, the strange thing is, it's so easy. You just do it. There's no, you know, oh, I need to know more. Oh, I need to read books. Hey, get a life. The apostles didn't study everything. They just went out there. Mm -hmm. You know, the man they healed, just go and share the news. I think it's good to have information, but I've never come unstuck with anyone asking me anything because they ask something. I say, do you know what? Give me your number. I'll find out for you. You know, you don't have to be a brain surgeon. What you need to do is believe that God's real and that soul you're meeting is doomed. If you don't, you know, you don't share your faith, you've got a chance of that person coming in and believing God. I don't get involved in where he goes in terms of churches. What I want to do is get him to believe in Jesus because I think God will lead us. And I think that's how I got led to church, you know. Mm -hmm. Super. And you got the virus this year and you, you had to go to a hospital. Um, what was that experience like and how did that change you? So you had it pretty full on. You got hospitalised quite quite seriously ill with COVID. Uh, t tell us about that experience. Oh, that... Um, How did God change you in that experience yeah, as well? That, that make, make me cry now. That was the worst experience I've ever had. Prior to that, you know, all these conspiracy theories that go around. Um, like a lot of people, although I was still doing the street work, I was, I'd got myself sucked in to you know, worried about Trump because Trump's the new man. He's going to bring us back, you know, he's going to stop abortion. Uh, then you get something and they're going to put something in our thing and kill us all. And I think I've got wound up into that. And I was writing out emails to people saying, look, you know, do this, we could be careful here. Uh, the mask, I wasn't bothered too much about masks. I thought it's all a load of nonsense. Um, and the churches were shut in and I was writing to the priest. He wrote to the bishop and said, what are we doing? Um, anyway, when I was in the, the hospital, I was in there for 10 days. I can't tell you, it was just so awful. 
I can't explain. It also hits you mentally. Uh, it's a really, really complicated. If you get what I got, it was quite hard. And I kept thinking, eventually I got to a start. I thought, you know what? I can't cope. I just need to go. So I said, God, take me home. I just want to go home. I can't bear it. Like after eight or days, it was injecting. I don't know what they were doing to me. I haven't got a clue. And as I was saying that, I thought, blimey, am I really saved? I know it sounds, people go, oh, yeah, you know, blood of Jesus, oh, yeah, well, you're all saved, you know, as long as you believe in God and all that. I didn't. I found it difficult. And I, thought, I said, God, forget I said that. Um, I'll hang on in here for a minute. And I, I actually doubted myself because well, I've been going out on the streets. No, my heart is sick like a lot of people. It's not, I'm not perfect. I need grace from God. So, and then what I did, I then was praying or trying to pray. And all of a sudden I saw it. I'd got myself wrapped up in things of the world. And it became consuming. It's like, like a, it's like a conspiracy now. There's lots of conspiracies with no theory. So um, one has to be sensible. But I think I'd drunk in, whether it's right or wrong, I mean, people got that uh, issue to do. It's lovely, let them do it. But I think what I realised, that's not my job. It had drawn me in. And all I was interested, should be interested is getting out with the faith, sharing the love of God, dealing with what I can deal with, things that are out of my control. And I got completely freed. And then I had to then, I got, I think I got told to write to the priest that I'd written to. And I realised that when I'd written to him, even though what I saw was correct, the, the rushing to shut the doors, there was a lot of issues that perhaps were not right. But that wasn't my job, to, to really. And I wrote to them and said, if I've been ungracious to you in any way, I'm sorry. It sort of changed that. Even my family... I that changed it, you. The experience changed you. And really, uh, how to deal with people, people that even your own family that made you more simple. Home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you realize that keep it simple, don't do it. So that was to me. Uh, eventually, I did thank God for it, but I said, please, I don't want it again because I don't think I could cope with it. You know, because so, it was like a very hard, it didn't come like being sick. It was almost mental. You have these dreams. I mean, I'm talking horror dreams. You just can't stop them. And that's how it began. And then I just apparently went to bed and they couldn't wake me up. I was like, I'd gone grey. My wife panicked and she rung 111. They're supposed to come out in two hours. They didn't. Then my daughter came round and they must have thought I was dead. And they died 999. So I got taken off. But I never knew what they did. Uh, I only found out the other day when my daughter told me that I was quite seriously ill um i lost about one stone four pound and then you know but i've, I've only been out sort of six weeks and i'm very quite fit now part it, it affects the breath it really is awful you can't walk yeah it's it's, it's a very very bad day. so for me now it doesn't mean look, whether what they're doing now is right or not i don't know all i know is it's a real disease um quite quite vicious actually yeah but you're recovering now and you're, you're better yeah. and i'm so happy yeah you know, and it's uh it's it touches you a bit also depression yeah it affects every part of your body so those who get it bad one has to be very sorry for them it's hard 
you bet. Well, it's great you're getting better and you've made a decent recovery. Yeah, so, no, I'm yeah. really fine. So tell us, I mean, who are some of the most exciting Catholics who you've come into contact with since you became a Catholic? You know, thinking like Michael well, Boris, Father Altman, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got, I, I can't explain it. From my sort of humble backgrounds of living in Brixton, and I was a bit of a toe rag, if I'm honest, I, for some reason, God has drawn me. I've got Bishop John Keenan in Scotland, Helen Border, amazing people. Uh, Michael Voris, I brought down to London uh, in 2013 because when I heard him talk, I thought, we need him in London. Did you come? Yes, I was there, yeah. Yeah, so I brought him down. I, can, I talked to him. Uh, Steve Ray, I contact him. Um, so many people. Father Andrews introduced loads of people. It's, it's just been amazing. You know, the Divine Wilf, Francis Hogan, all these people, Daniel O'Connor in, in Canada. I mean, uh, Anthony, who runs our website. And we had over 100 people praying for me when I was in hospital. We had masses being saved for me. It was, I, was quite sh I was quite shocked. And the people that contacted me since, it's, it's been amazing. Uh, it's just been interesting in the last 12, 24 months. Your father Altman as well. Just some of the people you've come in contact with have been, been yeah, absolutely fantastic and, and, and top calibre and great on the evangelization side as well. Yeah, I think I had to be cautious because um, I was listening to a lot of homilies. Obviously, Father Altman you know, says it how it is. But once again, I've really felt inside that one needs to sort of be contained, if you like, not not too wrapped up because there's something that it just draws you away. So now what I'm doing, I'm working on new leaflets. I'm working on a way to get everyone in the church to give something, a rosary and a leaflet about what, what the, the faith to someone else, trying to encourage us because there is a fear and there's no doubt about it, whether it's Satan, even I get, when I go out with a cross, sometimes I carry the cross. If you wanna know you're a Catholic, Put a cross on your back with Christ on, you know, on, on, the, on it and walk down the high street and you'll see how you really feel. There's, it hits you. You have to break that. And that's not real, but it's, it's a way to stop you doing anything. And it's only that fear. But once you do it, once you've stood on that road and you meet someone and you pray for them or they ask you and you help them, it changes. So that fear is really real. And, and if people pretend it's not, it is, and I think it's healthy to have a bit of a fear, but we should just, go, and I'm not on about streets to preaching. That's, I'm not interested in that, sharing our faith. Um, I think we should be out in the street. All I'd see is Catholic. I've never seen a Catholic on the street or even Protestants or the, you know, these charismatic lot. I've never seen a Catholic, see the Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah, uh, you know, you, your your style and methodology is not with the bullhorn. It's with the kind of you know more like the Jehovah's Witnesses style witness. Um, talk to people one on one. Don't confront them. Just share your faith. That kind of style. Yeah, yeah. It, you just leave it. You just pray. You don't have to. It, it happens. It's just. It's hard to explain until you do it. But when you're doing it, you know it's God. That's all I can say. Things happen that are so supernatural. Now, often you'll be there and no one talks to you at all. No one. No one at all. So 
you just have to trust God, pray, get out there and be a witness to people. If they come up and talk to you, which they do, and if they don't, it's quite sometimes it doesn't matter. Now, how, how has your faith developed like since you've become a Catholic and in, in recent years? How has your faith matured, changed? What do you prioritize now? You know, like I've been on a faith journey. I've been a Catholic for 15 years. And, you know, just some of the stuff I've come across in the last few years has been on another level to things before. So how has your faith matured? Well, I think the longer you go on, the more you realize how you don't have a great faith, funny enough. Um, and the more you sort of search and hunger, the more you see where you really are. I think that's that, like, sounds a bit odd. But people go, oh, yeah, I had a right, I prayed last night, you know. You, but actually, do you really know Christ? Is Jesus your friend? You know, there's a reality when I'm even Mary. Now, obviously, for my background, getting to used to Holy Mary was a bit of a strong one for me. But, you know, what I always think we're going to go there one day. Is he going to say, oh, welcome in, you know, John, good and faithful servant? Or did I know you? I mean, how, how well do I know him? And I think that desire to know him more closer and to understand more is always there, that hunger. I don't think you reach that and you go, well, yeah, I got it now. I think, in fact, the more you search him, the more far away he is in certain areas. And then you get these touches and you just know. And I've had so many of them. I mean, I, I should have died three or four times in my life in aircraft, all sorts of things. And there's only over the last teens that I actually realized that they were really miracles for me. You know, um, I can't explain it. Um, and I think also you realize that what your background is, whatever you've done, God's forgiving. And I think we don't always understand that. So we shouldn't be proud of what we do. It's all ours against the one. So what? But if you are, God loves you. And, you know, once you come back to him, um, I find it difficult now. There's so much unbelief, even in the church. I mean, that's the worst bit. I, I, that, is the, that was the hardest shock for me. Because one of the things that happened when I got into the church, when I got home, I entered this bar, like a, a massive warehouse. It was phenomenal. It was full of books and stuff about Catholics. And I thought, if I lived to be a million, I could never touch that wealth of stuff. It was such a, a wake up. And that's what you've got. And you look at the book, look at the Bible, look at the case in the church. I mean, the teaching, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, if you study history, you can only become a Catholic. You know, if you study, you, know, you look at St. Augustine. I listened to all these confessions. I mean, I, I, was, I used to think they're thick then years ago. I mean, that man was an intellect. He made me feel like I know nothing. Just listen to his confessions. And I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. And of course, we blame the Pope, and that's not going to help. We've had some good Popes, bad Popes, who cares? What are we doing? Are we sharing our faith? That's all I want to say. Share our faith, love people, and be kind. That's right. And it just, <clears throat> I think, um, you know, Growing in faith, like you grow in virtues, you grow in maturity, perspective, grow in prayer. And, you know, you're right, you know, the closer you, you the more you grow in faith, the more you realize there is to grow. And it's like, you know, it's like, uh, 
it, it, it's a changing dynamic o- over time and just realizing that the depth there is to our faith, the mystery, the history, the incredible teaching that there is, um, you know, you're right. If you studied history, you know, Western civilization is, is founded upon the Catholic church. And here we have this most incredible faith and to bring it alive and to bring it to the streets is, is an awesome work. You know, we're talking about salvation of souls. We're talking about the eternal destiny of people. And, you know, that's a pretty big topic for every single one of us and our own personal salvation is you know pretty important for for everybody it's like you know are we close to god where are we in our spiritual life and you know the first thing is to be an incredible witness to perfect our own witness first and foremost so that we can witness to other people and you know what a mission you're doing you know you're talking about sharing the catholic faith the most incredible thing that god has ever given us this incredible faith that is life life transforming for any single person on earth and you know to share that with one person is a miracle in and of itself let alone with a street full of people so the work you're doing you know i can't i can't overemphasize the uh, spiritual significance of what you're doing uh, because every single encounter is an invitation for the most incredible relationship with god which will change somebody's life whether they're an addict whether they're you know, unemployed, whether they're in struggling in life circumstances, God can touch their lives. And all it takes is an act of the will to begin to change somebody's life, an invitation, a simple leaflet, a rosary, whatever it is, you know, that simple invitation and 99 people might say no, but if one person says yes, uh, then you're going to hear rejoicing in heaven over that. So, you know, yeah. this, this last year has been been really tough, you know, for everyone. And we've got the restrictions, the lockdowns, the curtailments of civil liberties in 2020, 2021. Um, you know, obviously, you haven't been out on the streets as much as you, you would have liked to have been. Um, but, you know, what can we do in the present time to witness to our faith? We can still witness um, online. We can still go out, you know, uh, yeah. that dynamic. How, how's that? How have you sort of worked out that dynamic? I think the other thing you have to realise that... It's like, obviously, going through this, being out of hospital and watching the lockdowns and you get angry and you can't meet your family. But God's in charge. And there's a peace you can get because, really, it's his kingdom. It's his his world. So, in a sense, you need to find that inner peace as well because what's going on is going on. There's not much we can do in the sense but try to get on. And the other thing that's very important, one person is important to God. So I don't ever think about the numbers, you know, like I used to work with um, Holy Trinity going on prison ministries and you get more, I used to get people on the wall, bang them to the wall, make them say the prayer, stuff like that. But you really learn over the years that there's a lot more to them believing. Believing is, there's evidence of believing. If you say you believe in God, then there needs to be some sort of evidence, you know. So I think one person's important. And if you had an ego, don't come out in the streets because you ain't going to get one. You waste your time. You go home because you, you'll just get depressed. You know, maybe no one told you. I mean, I was there one day and this man come up. He's clearly an alcoholic. He's only Rob, his name was. Lovely. I mean, I do like these people because they've always got stories, you know, or they come out of the army. Anyway, He'd come up and I had the crucifix across there and he got on his knees and be praying. Uh, and he was obviously 
an alcoholic. Anyway, come back and he spoke to Pam. Pam went over him, took some rosaries, and I watched him sitting on a bench talking. And that was like, I was in heaven, just watching Pam sitting next to him. She's got no ego. I mean, she's a lot better than me. I've got more of an ego. She just, she's just natural. She just talks to people. She was sitting there giving the rosary and talking to him. And then she saw him about two weeks later. She said, you never believe I just saw Rob. He's off the booze. He looked handsome. Two weeks later, he was dead. Yeah. Alcohol poisoning. And, you know, you know, so you have all these, you know, and I've, you get involved with, obviously, people are criminals, and you go and help them, and you learn the hard way. There's, you've got to have, have discernment eventually, because, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough world. But you just, you're doing the will of God, and I think that's it, really. You leave the fruit to him. It is, it's even hard to pray. I mean, when I go out in the streets and they're all going by me, you know, looking, what's he doing here? And you're going, Hail Mary, full of grace, you know, or you're doing the divine in mercy. Um, do you know my real dream? It's very simple. I want to see the church come out their doors with the priest and with all the holy smoke and, and the people walking down a high street. Okay. Now, I know they've done it rarely. I'd like to see that. And the difference it makes when people see that, we they never see a priest. I, I mean, they say to me, when I Father Andrew comes out and stands with me, they say to me, and you want to see the people when he's with me. They've never seen a priest. They've never seen one out on the streets. And that's where we should be. That's, the, that's where we should be now. And that's my prayer to encourage, obviously, the church to come out. If we just did a walk, once every four, once a month, even first Saturday in a month, little walk, singing some lovely hymns, doing beautiful hymns, the cafes have got. And you wait and see, and then you hand out leaflets as you go. But I can't ever see that happening in my lifetime, but I, that's, that's something I want to see happen. Well, it happens with um, Corpus Christi processions and, you know, some, some street street sort of events and that kind of thing. So it does happen here and there, but it could happen a lot more. And, yeah, but when you see yeah. that and you see the people bowing as they go by, that's yeah. exactly and you know i think for me the you know this lockdown this whole 2020 2021 uh stuff has really for me personally it you know my house became like a monastery and i realized the depth of the interior life and that i was scratching the surface you know i've had a job for 10 years in prayer and just the depth of the spiritual life is so deep and you know my interior life realized when when everything else was cut away no travel no meetings, no anything, the whole society shut, you know, that really made, gave me a great awakening of how, you know, yeah. my spiritual life could be so much more that, you know, with, with God, you're talking about, you know, that relationship is, is, is absolutely crucial. And I was scratching the surface in terms of the depth and the beauty and the most incredible relationship you could ever have. And, you know, I realised my own weakness and my own lack of uh, lack of substance in terms of really diving deep into that relationship. You know, you look at a crucifix and you just you realise how much God loves us. You realise how much what he did for us. And, you know, what what are we doing in response to that? That our sins, our sins wound God, you know, and that's that's part of the crucifixion that, you know, what we've done in our life against God you know we've got to make reparation for the things that we've done wrong uh, but also we can dive deep into the, this most incredible relationship and 
you know, this work of sharing faith with others is, you know, participating in participating in, in sharing God with others. And that's that's incredibly exciting. But we've got to know him personally first and have a profound relationship with him. And that profound relationship just keeps on getting more profound over time, that the, the, the deeper we go in knowing and loving God. And, you know, that's just jumping into a, into a, you know, endless sea of uh, an endless sea. Like there's, there's so much to our, our relationship. So if we can be stripped back, we, we need our own emptiness so that, you know, we need to strip ourselves of whether it be attachments, possessions, or whatever it is, you know, in order to jump into that relationship. And then, you know, when we have no intentional sin in our lives, um, uh, when there's nothing in the way, you know, that's when God can enter into our lives at, at a much deeper level. And, you know, we, that, that is a process. And coming up to Lent, it's, uh, this is a time for purification. Um, we, some of us need healing. Um, but to start off, you know, we've got to strip ourselves, make ourselves empty so that God can fill us and you know, fill us with the Holy Spirit. So if you could ask God one question, um, you know, what would that question be on any mystery or you know, what, what if you could just ask him one question, what, what would that be? Oh, that's a good one, Robert. <laughs> um, Tricky one. Put you on the spot there. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. You're, you're right. The knowing God, um, you know, people say, oh, yeah, I've got a personal relationship. I think, what's that really mean? And I'm mm-hmm. change myself. Do I have that relationship? How much I talk to him? Um, yeah it's i don't know um i think really we all want that confidence don't we you know like we talk about salvation you go we're all going to be saved and you know and then you look at you'll read something in the bible you think oh my lord i'm useless there um i don't know i think it 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 is a journey we know he's real those who who believe in him um i used to say to people one day um if i if i went to a machine and it said press this button here and you're going to get 10 million quid on a lottery just say that this, you press this here's a button you press this button and god will speak to you for five minutes okay i want that button i don't want the 10 million quid i don't want nothing and that's what I've learned from having COVID. I am not interested. I know I've got to survive and eat, but my walk with God is it. And I always said that even when I was an evangelical bloke going around, I said, I would press that button. I would. Now, what I'm going to ask him, what he's going to tell me, I don't know, but I hope it'd be good, you know? But I think, you know, lovers of money, lovers of self, come on, that's where we are today. We're not interested. The church, look, you know, they talk about the real presence. Now, I struggle with the real presence when I'm eating a bit of bread. Now, I'm now embracing the body and blood. That, that's a revelation. I, I I can't just run it. But that's what made me think more. And I remember when I went to get the host about three weeks ago, I went to a Latin mass. It was lovely. Um, I, I wept to get back to receiving it. I, I just said, God, let, help me to realise how real you really are. Because it's not, it's, you can pretend, you know, you go, well, I've, I've received the body, but actually there's a depth that we need to get to sometimes. I think we're a bit artificial. And I really wanted it. And I know I, when I got those, I just, I just, I just want to cry. 
because it's been so long since I've done that. So it's it's a it's a journey, and God loves us, and I think He loves us where we are. I think we we might worry too much about it, but I think I'd I'm on the cautious side. Some people say, "Well, I go to church, I'm saved, fine." Well, I say, "God bless you," but you know, I don't have that confidence. I've never had that where I think, "Oh, your job, Jesus loves me." I just look at my history, and I think, "God, dear God, why He still loves me?" I don't know, but you know, I've been saved. I've gone through some incredible experiences. I shouldn't be here, but I am. And I got through that COVID. Um, I'm 76. Um, and that was, uh, you know, sort of life-changing, really. But I'm here now, and I'm alive. So let's get some more people saved, Robert. You bet. Well, it's a fantastic mission and ministry uh, you're involved in. And, you know, it, this is just the beginning. You know, it's like getting on the streets, sharing your faith with others is super exciting. That's what I've been doing for many years you got to go outside your comfort zone. A lot of people, you know, a little bit initially hesitant at that kind of approach, uh, but it takes us out of ourselves, you know, and we've got to have that. We've got to know God. We've got to love him. And then, you know, we also have to share God with, with others and share our faith with others. And, you know, what a better place to do that. And then, you know, in the public square, on the streets, sharing the love of God with others and inviting other people to know and love Jesus Christ. And, you know, nothing could be more exciting than that, that this is where it's at, you know, and this is, uh, this is how hearts and minds are changed one person at a time. So, you know, I really commend the work you're doing. Uh, it's, you know, counterintuitive in the, in the culture of in the church, at, you know, at this particular point in, in history, but John, it's been a privilege interviewing you today. Uh, we're looking forward to interviewing more people on Catholic pulse um, in the coming, in the coming weeks. And, just interviewing some of the best Catholics in the United Kingdom and beyond. Uh, that's an exciting journey, hearing people's stories. But, John, it's been a privilege interviewing you today on Catholic Pulse. Um, may God bless your ministry. If you want to learn out, find out more, go to catholicstreetevangelization.co.uk. You'll see a fantastic website full of resources, tips, help, stories, news, uh, blogs videos uh, all about the catholic faith and sharing it with others on the street very simple this this couldn't be more straightforward of, of getting out on the streets um, we need more catholics out there we need to share the faith with others we need to invite people to come and know and love jesus christ and know the full the true history of the catholic church so keep up the amazing work john it's been really great interviewing today um, may god bless your ministry um, god bless your ministry i hope you get more people on the streets and more leaders out there in cities and towns around the country. And we look forward to interviewing more guests on Catholic Pulse in the coming weeks. God bless you and thank you for listening today. Thank you.